I don't know how to start this. <laughs> welcome to uh, welcome to Coffee with the Recruiter. Um, I'm Zoom, your co-host. Uh, that sounds really cheesy. Please edit that bit out. Um, <laughs> we are uh, delighted to be joined today by uh, two great guest speakers. We've got Ellie Woodhams, uh, who I will let introduce herself shortly, and we have Max Enker, uh, who Jose and I have worked with in the past, so uh, a familiar face. Um, to kick us off, uh, Ellie, do you want to quickly introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about what you're doing? Yeah, of course. Um, well, firstly, thank you, number one, for inviting me. Super excited to be here. Um, so yeah, my name's Ellie. I am currently working as a senior people partner in a health tech startup called Birdie. Um, I've been here about six months and it's been quite the transition um, into a very, very fully people-focused role. Um, before this, I was working in an ed tech startup in kind of a hybrid people talent mix and previously I've been very sales and recruitment focused so this is it's been a nice learning curve a fun learning curve for me moving fully into into the people space awesome thank you uh Max do you want to do a quick intro as well thanks well yeah thanks for having me and I guess for, for Jose thanks for having me again I think it's what <laughs> two years ago i was on here before yeah last time um, we talked about recruiting in australia uh, which yeah, was i quite, think quite funny i think that was probably two years ago um yeah so i am a head of people at a cybersecurity startup called intruder i have been here eight weeks now so it's still really new it's been really busy um it's been fun so far they're a good bunch of people there's a lot going on um, I'm looking forward to to hiring some more of a team over the next six months so I can hopefully be less busy. <laughs> but yeah, it's been fun. Um, obviously, as we said, we worked together a few years ago. This was probably more in a recruitment capacity, but my my journey to people has been like a, a five-year journey. Um, started a while ago and and the last role was was fully people as well, but now leading the function, which is, is very exciting. So I, I get to do everything. Super exciting. Awesome. Um, so the purpose of this podcast, I suppose, I'm not sure what we're going to title it. A working title is What is People Ops? Um, I think there's definitely been a shift, certainly from what I've seen in like the startup scale-up space where HR teams are no longer a thing um, and they're now referred to as people teams or people in culture, people operations. Uh, I'll, I'll let both of you kind of figure that one out. But um I suppose I was doing some research into this and I found um, uh, an article from Workable, which we'll obviously share on the um, the, 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 tr the podcast description. I don't even know what it's called. Um, and they kind of talk about the difference between people ops and HR management. And I, I won't say what they have said yet because I'm keen to pick your brains about it, but it does feel like there has been a shift in... I suppose the way we treat employees, the way we approach uh, the treatment of employees. Um, so I think my first question, and I'm going to pick you out first, Max, uh, what is people ops? What, what does it mean? And what's the difference between, in your opinion, people operations versus traditional HR? Max. I thought you said you're going to pick L first, Max. No, 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 no. I'm going to pick you first. All right. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, why, why have we said both names in that one? <laughs> um, I think people ops, well, people ops is a part of the people function, really. So I'd say there's there's kind of 
the the three core pillars of a people team one is the talent which we kind of all know as this is a recruiter podcast the other is the people partnering which is what l kind of is specialized in and then the people ops is probably more closely to the traditional hr because it's more looking at policies processes how things work uh, i'd say the fundamental difference between people and hr is that in people we care about the people more and we want them to be successful and in hr yeah. it's more about how do you make things work for the business that people follow your rules and do what you tell them to uh, so it's much more focused on kind of the experience of the people rather than the experience of the company and making fo people follow that interesting uh ellie would you agree disagree any anything to add to that be a bit rogue to come on and just disagree with the head of well, people. Well, I was thinking uh, that as I asked wall, the question. <laughs> disagree. Disagree no, with me. I, I, I don't disagree as it happens. <laughs> I think, yeah, completely. I think traditional HR is much more kind of practical. It's like the day-to-day -day functional pieces of working with employees in a company and building kind of activities around that. I think PeopleOps is much more around building that relationship with your employees and being more strategic about how you can create culture and create engagement and actually build a place where yeah people engage with with the company rather than the company creates arbitrary policies for the people yeah i think just you've both the, been sorry go on go just on to then, jump so. in i was i was just curious to know if you could give us a couple of examples of like what your day-to-day -day looks like like any specific like tasks you know activities and, and so forth that you know if i look at your calendar right now what would i kind of look at me yeah you go for it i think yours yeah. would be a little oh, bit more consistent ahead. than mine <laughs> um my role is actually we're a very lean team at the moment there's three soon to be two of us so uh my role is very broad i currently lead all of our onboarding so that's my big day-to-day -day, we could say um, we hire in cohorts at Birdie, so every two weeks we have a new intake, and I built and run all of that. Uh, next week, I think we have something like eight people starting, which is really fun. Uh, I also partner with our engineering and marketing teams, very rogue mix. I'm not going to delve into why they split that way, but I partner with engineering and marketing, so I meet with all of those managers, help them with their day-to-day -day people problems or wins um and then also work across the wider people projects so um salary frameworks competency frameworks all of that as well my calendar is disgusting don't look at it <laughs> <laughs> max is there anything you would add to that um i think like i i've joined intruder as the first ever people hire so it's basically there's not much here um Competency framework is something I'm looking at now because I'm trying to set up a structure for that before things go wrong. Um, I've got a, a, P, a leadership offsite, which I'm organizing for next Tuesday, which we only decided we were going to do last week. Uh, so that's like a week and a half to try and organize an, an offsite. Um, doing some recruitment. Luckily, we're not hiring that much at the moment, which gives me some more capacity. But it's just trying to get everything done as quickly as possible trying to upskill some managers, which is always fun. Um, 
got to book a restaurant for next week because we need one for after the offsite. So it's, it's really going from everything across the spectrum. Um, but yeah, it's good. Q2 strategy is also big on the radar, which is why we're doing an offsite. There's plenty going on. Nice. I was going to say earlier, I thought you were both being very diplomatic about the difference between people ops and, and HR because um, workable are actually a lot more blunt and direct about it. And I think uh, whether or not they've got an agenda, I don't know, but there, there definitely seems to be a lot um, a lot of positives around what people ops does versus what HR does, for example. And they kind of describe it. I, th- I think there's like three different areas. So reactive versus proactive, saying that people operations are a lot more proactive than than HR um execute execution versus strategy I'm not sure I agree with this point but I think they're kind of describing HR as a little bit more um execution focused rather than strategic but I suppose that would depend on organization and then they talk about silo teams versus multidiscipline uh teams but actually that is backed up by the point you made earlier about I suppose um having a team of two at the moment um kind of spread across different areas, specialising in different areas, whereas HR tends to be a little bit more siloed in terms of what they do, uh, less transparent with the business and things like that. So, um, but yeah, interesting. And and I guess, Max, your your experience, and, and I think you've, you've done this a few times, you've gone into organisations where they don't have a lot and you're kind of just dipping your toe in into multiple areas or whatever the phrase is. Um, but do you feel like there is more enjoyment as a head of people or a specialist head of people now rather than the TA roles that you would have done in the past? You're basically asking if I prefer people over recruitment. Is that, yeah. is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, ultimately, <laughs> yes. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gone down this path. Um, I think that recruitment is still part of the world and talent is still clearly really important. But having that more holistic approach means you can see it from a wider angle and you can pick up the problems or the challenges from sooner rather than just i need a person well why do you need a person how does that person fit in how are they going to be successful there's the business set up to do it you have that wider remit Mm. and i think you get a you get a bigger chair at the table because you cover more um and you care about the whole life cycle it's not just Let's get them in. And I know a lot of TA now goes a bit further and like onboarding can quite often be part of TA, but then they kind of stop caring. And we all know we've all recruited people for the first six months. You might like do regular check-ins with this new person you started, but then you can't anymore. The the numbers are too big. You stop caring about them and you need to move on to the next ones. Whereas in people, you need to care about everyone. Um, And that, gives more complexity and more variety to what challenges and solutions you can have. Yeah. Fair. Well, do you feel like that was a real motivator for you moving into that space and to, to care more? <laughs> yeah. I think that was a reason I, I liked recruitment in the first place is because you're helping people and you're helping people find better jobs. And then moving from agency to in-house is you actually can care more about them and you care more about the right person for the right thing rather than a kind of a paycheck. Um, and then moving from internal TA to people means you care again more and broader, and yeah. the different challenges you have are are wider. Um, and yeah, the conversations and relationships you have with people are deeper than they would be in TA. Yeah. What about you, Ellie? What What was the motivator for you to to kind of move officially so, into the space? Because I know you did a bit of a hybrid role at Lego. 
Yeah, it's a really similar answer, to be fair. Um, I think working at, yeah, so Palego, where I was kind of in a hybrid role for just under two years, was amazing because I still got to hire, which I think was maybe my strength, let's say, um, and get people in the company, which was super fun. But I got to dabble a little bit more in how to help those people once they were in and kind of how to set them up for success and what success looks like more broadly after day one. Um, and I think the reason for for moving into, yeah, just a fully people role is because I think when you're hiring and, and kind of thinking about that, it's such a one-on-one approach to to setting someone up for success. It's like one person yeah. in the door. Great. That's I've helped you we might keep in touch I know how you're doing and I wanted to take exactly as Max said a much broader approach and have a bigger impact on kind of more people and build things that help the people in general rather than focus on a process that gets one person set up awesome very admirable of you both um so I, I guess something else that I was really keen to understand as well is your relationship with talent now i mean max it sounds like you're still doing a bit of it yourself um so i'm not sure if it's easy for you to answer but i'll start with you early like how do you work with recruiters now do you feel like your background in recruitment has helped that relationship and, and understanding of, of the work they do and the inter- interactions between people ops people and culture whatever it is sure i think actually birdie's quite an interesting example because the people and talent teams are quite distinctly separate um and there is a very clear line between talent and the handover to people, yep. um, which is a first for me because obviously my last role, I was the whole thing. So yep. <laughs> um, it's very different, but I think working, we, we work super closely. I, as I said, I lead all of the onboarding at the moment. So I have to work really closely with them in order to maintain kind of that candidate experience and to make sure that people have that continuity of experience coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say we work relatively in silo outside of that, which is really interesting. Um, and I think working in recruitment or understanding internal recruitment specifically before coming here has been really helpful because I can understand the pain points and I can I could build something when I came in for context. There wasn't really an onboarding process that hugely existed. Um, so I could build something when I came in that addressed what I already knew would be TA pain points but which would also be kind of super beneficial for the people function and also for the people coming in as well. So it's been quite rewarding, actually. It's been a really rewarding six months. <laughs> nice. Um, Max, I suppose based on what I said earlier, I don't know how easy it is for you to, to, to answer, but maybe more hypothetically, as you grow the function, assuming you're going to hire a team where you are, do you think that there is going to be as kind of Ellie's alluded to there, the more traditional setup where talent and people are very heavily integrated or more along the lines of where she is now and also actually what we do at Stack It Up where we have very separate sort of PNC and, and, and talent teams. I think in reality where I'm now, it's going to be pretty connected because I will be managing, like we're not going to grow that rapidly. We're not going through hyper growth or anything. We are okay. staying steady, uh, we're we're a profitable startup who's running on that rather than getting absolute massive amount of funding to grow artificially. So in reality, this year I will probably hire one TA, and they will report to me, and they will probably have some broader responsibilities because we're going to be a lean team. 
Um, in the past, I think there is that weird handover where people start the process of figuring out who is needed and then hands over and be like, right, here's a spreadsheet. Go hire these people and then kind of get spat out back the other end and be like, right, I've hired this person back to, to people. Um, but it's something where you do want it to be more seamless. And in my last company, we were now starting to bring TA into the headcount planning and into those earlier meetings and having the people partners and the talent partners actually partner up more often and involve each other in those conversations to make it more seamless and to basically make sure you get things right quicker because you know more. Uh, so I think in reality, you do want them to be very heavily connected. Otherwise, you're going to make mistakes and not work as quickly. As I can see, you're itching to ask a question. Do you want to? Do you want to jump in? <laughs> oh no, I can. I can maybe uh, pick up the 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 next topic. And and I think one of the things we were wondering about with you guys is, um, uh, let's say if there's a recruiter, a talent partner that's looking to make the move to 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 people ops. Um, I'd be very curious to know what advice you would give or what tips you would give to make that transition uh, successful. And I guess maybe if we can start with this one is. Kind of first of all, what was the what was the road you took like? Like, what were the the steps you took to transition into into that role? Uh, was it a case of just oh, you applied to to this one role and and things kind of unfolded organically, or were there some uh, you know research courses, or was it internally? Maybe in your current role, you asked your manager to to make that move. Uh, you know, whatever it is, what was that kind of transition? like step by step to begin with and and maybe with you max if you can if you can start that one off yeah, so mine's been quite a long journey i think it, it really started from being internal and just doing more and more project work and becoming more strategic so instead of just doing transaction transactional recruitment right think about employer branding thinking about process improvement systems how we're going to automate things just really looking at that beyond the transactional day-to-day -day recruitment piece, how am I partnering with my stakeholders? How am I working with the leaders to define more? How am I taking on more remit? Like I earlier said, like taking on onboarding and things like that, just being like, right, that kind of is at the end of my current remit. Let's see, can I pull it into my space? Um, but then I did have an opportunity probably about five years ago, was in a small people team and our L&D manager went on maternity leave. And I took on a large chunk of the work she was doing. So I did a lot of coaching. I did a lot of workshop running. And that was kind of really then people-centric. And so kind of becoming more strategic and basically just grabbing stuff, which you can see you can do and other people aren't doing. And be like, right, this is now mine. I'm now going to do that. And it gradually moves you into that space. And your, your experience becomes more holistic. But I think that stakeholder piece is an easy way. If you spend more time with your senior stakeholders, you will be involved in more of the planning. You will be involved in more strategic thinking. And then it's easy to, to kind of reach over. My answer is really similar again. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, really similar again. I applied for an internal recruitment role in a tech startup, which was specifically focused on commercial recruitment. So marketing, sales, et cetera. Uh, they weren't hiring hugely in those roles over that year, but they knew they needed someone dedicated to do it. So I came in and I did that and I was really 
I really wanted to learn more. So I got to, I basically just put my hand up for all sorts of projects that were going on because they knew I would have the time to support on people's stuff. And I got so much exposure that way. Um, I think the key, like the key point for me where it became, I, I got to be more strategic was probably about six or seven months in when we hired a new kind of senior people person into the team. And I got to work really, really closely with her, which was amazing. But also she was so willing to just tell me about everything she was working on. So even if I wasn't working on things, I could ask her, like, how are you approaching this project? Why are you doing it like that? What are you doing next? Like, what's your project plan? What does that look like? How can I, what could I do in that I could like take from this and apply to my own work? Um, so I think just A, expo- well, A, the right role at the time, um, but B, just taking on as much as possible and doing as much as possible and exposing yourself to as much as possible. And then always just asking questions as well. Even if you don't work on something directly, you can understand how to do it. Right. Um, yeah. And now I'm fully in a people role and it's a lot in a good way. Uh, Ellie, question for you. Do you have any HR certs or did you do any qualifications or studies? No, I don't. I'm, I'm fully self-taught. Yeah, me too. When I took on, when I was interviewing before I got this role, few places are so like well you don't have a cipd and i was mm. like well like in reality if i just paid cipd three grand they would assess me and they'd give me a cert six months later yeah. so just i haven't done that yet um and i think you learn so much more on the job than just being like right i'm gonna get a level five and if you're trying to transition yeah level five might help you do that transition quicker but in reality the, the real life experience is so much more relevant yeah than any sort of education agreed i'm going through a very similar process of of learning at the moment where my new my new focus on learning is kind of the actual like employee relations side because it's the side i've never really done so any disputes or areas to support in those kind of things is my new it's my focus area and i'm working with a girl who's got so much experience in it so every time there's a problem i'm like what are you doing why are you doing it like that how are you doing it what should i do if it's me and it's just the easiest way right and i've learned heaps already yeah i can imagine with a cipd you um there's it's so broad that most of it you might end up not necessarily using whereas if you start the role and then you realize oh there's some gaps of knowledge some tasks i need to do here and there that i i'm not incredibly familiar with then you can be more targeted in your education and, and learning right so that's that's maybe one approach um i think also and there's yeah. there's oh, sources sorry. like you can go on the acas helpline you can just call acas and be like hey i've got this problem yeah and they kind of tell you what the answer is um and if it um, comes too serious then you talk to an employment lawyer who's very expensive <laughs> there's always a workaround <laughs> so i guess uh, in terms of advice i uh, what i'm picking is that proactivity to just to just jump into projects, raise your hand and just say, Hey, I want to do this. I want to take, take this over and, and just, just, just implement, execute on that project. Right. Basically. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Sounds easy. Um, (laughs) talking about the CIPD, um, I've seen a few conversations recently on some of these TA communities that, that I'm involved in. Um, and I think there's, strangely been more requests for CIPD qualifications for recruiters as well, which I don't fully understand. I, I wonder maybe if that's because organizations like we were talking about earlier, want talent and, and people to be heavily integrated or 
um, if potentially they kind of see the progression into people being the, the natural kind of path for them. Um, but it will be interesting to see how that kind of evolves. And and, and also, I suppose, with um, with people teams and, and, and I suppose the responsibility of people teams becoming, well, not necessarily becoming because they've always been very important, but, you know, I suppose more focus on people teams. It will be interesting to see how that evolves. And, and actually that's the last thing that I'd love to ask both of you. And it's a bit of a, mystic meg situation rest in peace um i'm just keen to see what your thoughts are on on or predictions are on the future of people teams um you know i guess we before hitting record we were talking about the current state of the market uh it's fair to say over the last few years with covid with global economies the way they are um political situations the way they are it's been a pretty tricky uh, market to navigate, certainly from a recruitment perspective. I imagine it's possibly been as bad, if not worse, for people operations, people and culture teams. Um, but like I said, I'd love to to hear your predictions on on you know what the impact of people teams is going to going to be, sort of on employees, employers, your roles, your responsibilities. Have you got any thoughts on that? And I don't know who to choose first, so I'll let one of you put your hand up because I don't want to don't want to throw you in the deep end. I'm going to push for Max to throw himself in the end. <laughs> right, cool. Yeah. Um, so I think there's there's probably a few things I see. I think one of it is that facilitation and enablement of managers within the business. I think that's one of the core things. And it's something I, I said, I got asked when I was interviewed for, for my current role at Intruder. It was like, what, how do you make culture and what do you do there? And I, I said, I've got nothing to do with the culture of the business. I'm there to enable others to do that. I am not as the people team culture. And I think that's across a lot of things. I'm making sure managers can do their job. Um, I think the world is going further and further down the remote path. Uh, we have employees kind of across the world. We're only 40 odd people, but I, we have people in Argentina and South Africa and Japan. They're quite far flung. And so we can't really look after them the same way as we look after the local people, but we have to. We have to give them a great experience. And in reality, that is not me. That is me helping others do that. So I think we're going to go further down that path of how is the people function? Do we really accelerate the capability of those others who are the managers to deliver what we need them to? Um, and I think we will go more down that path of, yeah, the remote working, there's so many different jobs available in the future. We're going to have to do so much to keep people. Um, so it's about growth. It's about getting managers to deliver this growth and this experience for us. Yeah, I think. Which I is think a now really... problem. That's a now problem as well. But I yeah. think it's going to get worse and worse over the yeah. coming years. Absolutely. I, I was going to say, I think that's definitely a really prominent point at the moment. But you're right. It, it's only going to become trickier i suppose and the whole remote working thing uh is is really interesting as well there's talk of the four-day working week as well uh more and more employees are demanding the flexibility that just wasn't there in the past and i think all of these things combined um the global employees actually as well that you talked about max we have a, a similar situation the past few jobs i've worked in actually we've had similar challenges around how we provide uh, consistent experiences regardless of where you are in the world um i think all of those points yeah are are really interesting and and i think with that in mind you've got a huge challenge on your hands but i suppose that's again kind of what we talked about earlier what what makes the job so exciting earlier mm -hmm. are, are there any predictions on your side you're not allowed to say the same thing as what max said 
No, I would I would definitely agree on kind of manager training and enablement and and those pieces. I think the other thing, and it, it centers a lot around flexibility, is how we can best enable people for asynchronous work because I think that's going to be such a huge part of mm. yeah moving forward. Like we we work asynchronously at the moment, um, yeah. and it's it's a challenge to make that to optimize that for sure. I also think you kind of touched on the four-day work week. I think as people start looking more and more to that becoming the norm, looking more and more towards the flexibility of hours they can work and how they can work, when things like job sharing become more of a, a focus and more of a, a prevalent demand, I think asynchronous working and enabling that and optimizing that is going to be a huge challenge for people teams without losing culture, which is always the yeah. buzzword that's thrown around when you think about asynchronous and remote work. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, interesting. I, I, I guess, you know, from, from a, a selfish perspective, I, I, I kind of benefited and I suppose a lot of us have, uh, from what's happened over the past few years to, you know, reflect on what I want from my professional life. The fact that I don't want to be working all hours of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, 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 I do miss some of the interactions that we used to have in the pre COVID world. And I, I guess, striking that balance as you say having that culture that people can identify with and, and relate to um without forcing people to be in the office you know sort of nine to five or whatever it is every single day um it's a tricky one so so again i i don't envy the work and the job that, that both of you have um but i suppose to our earlier point that's kind of you know what what it takes to to, to move into this area and actually think about things more broadly have more care more i think is the way you put it max which i think is a good way of saying it um i'm i'm happy for now to kind of just just worry about getting people in the door and i'll i'll, I'll let my people and culture team worry about the rest of it. um cool well those were all the questions Jose. i don't know if there's anything else that you'd like to ask um or ellie max I'm not sure if there's anything else you want to add but i'll, I'll leave oh we you. pretty much covered all the the, the topics uh zoom so thank you oh, well in that case I'll thank you both for your time. I'll thank Jose as well for hosting us. Um, please wait your magic, Jose, and make us sound great. And um, we'll definitely speak soon. Amazing. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for having us. <laughs>